everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 1001 Films Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Gardner, and today we're doing our first official episode in the Christopher Nolan series. We will be talking about his first feature-length film, Following. Uh, It's shot in black and white. Uh, It shows a lot of his talent as a young director, and we're going to get into it, and I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, so let's do it. So Following is about a guy who uh, is a writer, and he's kind of down on his luck. Uh, He's out of work. Um, He starts uh, shadowing people, is what he calls it. Um, It's just kind of for fun and inspiration for his characters. Uh, He just follows people. He will, uh, you know, watch them come out of a coffee shop and just follow them, you know, to work and just kind of hang back and just, just to see where they go. Uh, and he kind of um, just likes to watch people, not in like a creepy way, but I mean, it is kind of creepy, but he doesn't, uh, you know, like try to interact with them at all or anything. Uh, so he uh, just starts following people and he kind of, it gets to a point where he has to start making up rules for himself. Like, oh, I never follow the same person twice, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, but he... Uh, and ultimately ends up breaking some of those rules, and he gets caught. Um, but he doesn't get in trouble. The person he gets caught by just kind of confronts him, um, and he they he goes into a coffee shop and he confront and this guy confronts him and is like, "Why are you following me? You've been following me all morning." Um, and this scene, uh, it's towards the beginning of the film. Um, has really stood out for me because it has great, uh, strong dialogue. It's very interesting and engaging, um, and you can definitely tell Christopher Nolan's skill as a writer um, is def- definitely shines through in this scene specifically. Uh, just how awkward it is, you know, for the person that you know the main character that he gets caught and gets caught following, and he has to think up of a lie on the fly or whatever to see you know, to kind of get this guy away from him, and and he's, he plays that embarrassed kind of, oh crap, I just got caught, um, emotion, like, very well, um, and the person that's confronting him, um, whose name is Cobb, interestingly, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character's name is Cobb in, uh, in, um, Inception, but, uh, he plays his character very well, he's very, he's confrontational, but he's not, um, aggressive about it, he's just, he's just kind of more interested, you know, like, why are you following me, uh, kind of thing, so, um, it's a very, it's a very cool, uh, exploration, um, of this person, a person's motivations for, like, why he's following people, and the whole movie, uh, is kind of a character study, um, into, uh, people and their motivations, why they do things, um, and there's a line uh, that, one, that one of the characters says that, um, you know, you're showing them what they have by taking it away. Uh, and that's kind of the theme of the film, uh, throughout the film, that these, 
um, these two guys, after they meet in the coffee shop, they kind of become friends. Um, and the guy um, that was being followed, Cobb, um, he's a burglar. So he breaks into people's houses and takes their stuff. And that's what he says, you know, when I take this stuff from them, they will learn to appreciate it better. Uh, so it's kind of like he's teaching them a lesson in a kind of sick, twisted way. Uh, but then, you know, these, these two characters, they, they kind of start getting along. And then there's like some twists and stuff along the way. Um, and this movie kind of plays with time and is told in a very nonlinear fashion, um, which you can definitely tell in his other movies, um, you know, he, he likes doing that, he, you know, especially in Inception and Interstellar and his next film, Memento. He likes to, he's interested in time and uh, un, like untraditional, unorthodox uh, storytelling. Um, and one thing that I thought was really interesting is one of the one of the houses that they break into has a Batman symbol on the door. Um, so I just thought that was really cool seeing as how he, you know, uh, just, I think just eight years after this movie is directing Batman Begins. Um, so I think that was pretty cool. Um, but because the story is nonlinear, uh, it kind of plays with time. It's a little bit hard to follow. Um, it it kind of hints at Christopher Nolan's greatness to come, but it's not very clear and the script isn't very tight and um, well explained and, uh, and stuff like that. So it's just, it's hard to follow at points, you know, like when it keeps jumping back and forth so often, so many times um, that you kind of forget, you know, what, what takes place where and what kind of where are we at in the story and it's just it's confu it gets confusing he just jumps back and forth so much uh, that it just gets confusing um and it's it's interesting at the start uh especially uh, you know in that first coffee shop scene when he gets confronted about you know following Cobb um but it kind of drags in the middle it gets kind of boring um and you know with the whole time jump thing it's kind of hard to follow um, there's, like I said, there's a twist and it, it kind of works, but it kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, and it, it's like two thirds of the way through the movie and you're like, wait a minute, you know, like what the heck is going on? And then the, like, they have another twist at the end that kind of makes you think like, oh, like, was that really happening or what? It kind of makes you second guess the first twist. Um, so it's, you know, like I said, this just kind of goes along with what I was saying before, that the story isn't, isn't very well developed, um, and it's, you know, a little confusing with all the time jumps and everything, um, and, and you know, another thing is that there's a, a couple fight scenes, um, that are, you know, very clunky and awkward, and, um, you know, that really hasn't changed much, you know, if you've seen, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, the fight scenes, you know, the fist fight scenes are, you know, are not exciting at all. They're very slow and I don't know. It just, he's, Christopher Nolan's not the best at filming action or filming fight scenes. Um, so that's kind of one, still one current weakness that has kind of followed him throughout his career. But, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, you know, most of his movies are, are excellent. Um, and another thing that I thought was really cool is that on the pictures, uh, there are pictures on the wall of the main character of uh, Reservoir Dogs and The Shining, 
and Sunset Boulevard and Casablanca. And all of those films, I can definitely tell, had an influence on this film, especially with Reservoir Dogs, the way it's kind of told uh, in a nonlinear fashion. You know, this movie came out in 1998. Uh, it was at kind of the height of the independent film movement, you know, with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and uh, Richard Linklater and Kevin Smith and all those people uh, kind of uh, breaking onto the scene with these small independent films. Uh, Christopher Nolan kind of kind of caught the tail end of that um, in Britain and over here in the United States. Um, you know, it was, it was a little... Uh, a little different, and they um, can definitely. I can definitely tell that Christopher Nolan has respect for these, uh, for these directors and for these films, um, especially The Shining and Stanley Kubrick. I mean, he has said on multiple occasions that Stanley Kubrick is his favorite filmmaker, and 2001: A Space Odyssey is his favorite film. And I will definitely be getting more into that, especially uh, when we talk about Interstellar, because there are. Uh, obvious uh, odes to 2001 in, in that film. But as far as following goes, it's pretty good. Um, it, was, it did drag a little bit in the, in the middle. The story was a little confusing, but the, but the dialogue is definitely the strongest part of this film. Uh, the, the interactions and the, uh, and the themes that it kind of uh, explores are very, are very interesting. Um, and it's an, it's an ambitious, a very ambitious first film. And I think that's a, a theme that we're going to see throughout all of Christopher Nolan's film, that he's ambitious, that he really goes for it, that he doesn't, he doesn't, um, like to lay back and kind of, um, you know, take it easy, uh, play the safe route, be conservative. He's very, he's very ambitious in his storytelling and in his themes, um, and that definitely is the high point of this film. Um, so I don't know if I could recommend it very highly because it is confusing. If you're a completist like me and you just want to see everything that Christopher Nolan has done, I would definitely say watch it. I mean, it's an only an hour and 10 minutes long, so it just barely, you know, gets over that, that hour mark. So if you haven't, you know, that's like the length of an episode of Stranger Things or, or uh, Game of Thrones or something. So if you want to watch this instead of rewatching, you know, one of those shows or whatever, definitely check it out. Um, but other than that, other than for the dialogue or anything, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend it too highly. But uh, I guess those are my final thoughts on uh, following. Uh, we're going to continue to do the Christopher Nolan series. Coming up is Memento, starring Guy Pearce. Um, it's Definitely one of his most hype films, um, and I will tell you what I think about it in my next review, which will be coming out here uh, shortly. Uh, but thanks again for listening. Um, don't forget to check back here every Monday and Wednesday for brand new episodes, reviews, uh, thoughts on trailers, editorials, and all of that. And follow me on Twitter at SMG Reviews and on my blog at 1001filmblog.com wordpress.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.